Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest today because you are in for a big treat. Jocelyn Tyson is the world champion of public speaking. She competed this year with over 35,000 other Toastmasters across the entire world. Not only did she set a big goal to compete on the world stage, she won. Jocelyn, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I was fortunate enough to be at convention and I was cheering so loud when they called your name. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for that warm welcome. And yes, I can't believe it. I won. I, you, you have a goal. You, you set it. But you sometimes don't think it's going to happen when you think it does. And when it does, it's just so surreal. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So let's talk about that journey, because many people may or may not be familiar with the World Championship of Public Speaking, which is hosted by Toastmasters International. And it is quite the process. So they start, contestants start at the club level, then the area level, then the division level, then the district level, then the region, semi, the regional, then the semifinals, and then the finals. And you won it every level along the way. Yes, that's exactly it. You start off thinking, okay, my, and it, and that's what it was. My, my club was saying, you're good. Come on, Jocelyn, you should enter the contest. And I never really thought that it was for me when I started Toastmasters. It was something I put to the side. Mm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet until my, I think it was last year because this was my second year that I, that I did this. But last year I went to our district conference and during that district conference, we were seeing the, the, the contestants for the, that year. And I remember watching and seeing it on the big stage and just having a chance to have my little notes as we're critiquing them on our side and making a guess as to, I wonder who's first, I wonder who's second. And I remember thinking, it's not as scary as I thought it would be. And maybe I could maybe do it next year. And so that's what even gave me the energy and that boost to go for it is just having this see just a little bit how it was going to be done. So it was a good, it was a, it was a good motivation. Definitely. At that wow. time. For the company. Yeah. That's very cool. Now I did not have the opportunity to see your first speech. I only saw you in the finals. And so for our listeners, they can give the same speech at all the levels, but at the finals, once they win at the semi or semifinals, they have to give an entirely new speech. So talk a little bit about your first speech. How did you come up with that speech? And did you deliver the same speech throughout? Did it change a lot? For me, it actually changed a little bit in maybe how I would say certain things. However, the story itself stayed consistent. And I remember thinking, how am I going to, what is, what do people want to hear? And what would reach everyone? And I remember having to figure out what's what's the material for a contest winning speech. And I watched all the world champions. I did a binge watch on all the past world champions, first, second, third place, anything that showed what a contest would do, I was watching it. So I started doing that research and started up that process. And I started thinking, okay, all right, 
let me think, what can I talk about? What could push people? And, and I tell the story all the time is I was out with my dad and we do a daddy daughter day. And it's just like, we have our day where we just hang out and we actually go to play billiards. So we go to shoot pool and we're going back and forth. And at some point I'm like, dad, I really want to go into this contest with Toastmasters. I have to find something that can reach people. It has to be a good speech that everyone can relate to. And has to be something that maybe happened to me. And so he's giving me ideas and I'm like, no, dad, I don't like that one. And as we're playing, I realize I haven't had a turn yet. Wait a minute. And he's going on about one thing after another. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I am losing this game. And at some point, my dad, he stops and goes, oh, yeah, too bad you can't tell them how you're how I'm whooping that butt in pool. And I remember <laughs> thinking to myself, hmm, could I have a story there? And at the time, I'm not even thinking about it. So I lose, of course. And I'm carrying the billiards up to the register because loser pays. And I get to the register and my dad, he's standing out there, the guy checking us out and he's saying, the guy's, oh, how'd you guys do? And he's, ah, we, you see who's paying, you see how I did, ha And so I'm like, okay. Then the guy says, okay, great. My dad, he says, we're going to go for ice cream. And the guy's, okay. He said, but we're not going for sprinkles or for winners. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's not a winner I said oh that guy was like oh that's cool and I looked over at him I said he's been doing that my whole life and that's when I realized I had a story my dad and that was a story about my dad and persevering through the losses because my dad would never let us win and in that process of learning that you just have to give it your best try and if you lose you play again and the world's not over you just get back out there and you play again and so when my life continued on i realized you know what that, that i've been using that as my my fuel and i learned at a long, young age my dad would not let you win you would be six he'd dunk on you it didn't matter <laughs> you it did not matter and so because of that it was almost as if you know what when i get big i'm going to win one day and that's how it was you got you you earned your win and so you earn sometimes these goals that you shoot for right you if you don't make it you keep going you don't make it you keep at it and so that was something in that speech and that speech was about do you want to play again was the title of the speech mm. and i kept it going and it got all the way kept winning and at that point i was like i'm not going to change it and when it finally got to regionals and I, I, I just wanted to win district. I, that was actually my goal was to win district. I wanted to get back there and get again, have that district moment to see myself on the stage. So when it made it that, I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't need anything after that. And then boom, I got selected to go for regionals. I was so ecstatic. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to change the story because that was a good story. And I got to tell it with passion. And I got to tell it about somebody that's so special to me. And I have my dad. And he went to the Bahamas to oh. see the speech. Yeah, it was great. That was a surreal moment. And that was touching in and of itself that I got to be there for this moment that I'm probably not going to have again because once you win, you only win one time. But I got to have that and have my dad in the audience, priceless. Mm, Just priceless. How proud he must Yay. have been to see you win <laughs> at the semifinal. At the semifinals, there's two people who move to the final. So it's not really winning, but you're winning. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're both winning. Right. You're both top contenders. Like top contenders. So that was yes, fun. Yes, that's yeah. awesome. What a proud moment for him, probably. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So you never really set your goal to win the world champion 
ship of public speaking. It was really about the district. And then you won at the district. You moved on to regionals and semifinals. What was that moment like when you realized, did you start preparing a speech early, a second speech, or did you wait and how did that process go? At district is when they informed me if I win, I would need to have a second speech. So around May is the like the end of May is when it dawned on me that I needed to start to craft another story for my speech. And at that point, I all I could think was, what am I going to talk about? Again, you're like, what yeah. am I going to talk about? It took me forever just to get this one's winning. Why do I have to change it? Why do I have to change it? But I remember thinking, you know what, that triathlon, there's a story in there somewhere. I had so many big points that I took away from that, that I figured that's my story. And I know I have something in there to share with someone and the world about it. I think people could find it relatable as well as lighthearted and just have fun with it. And that's what I wanted because I was going to have fun out there on that stage. And I think that energy and that feeling of, okay, let me give it my all. And I think that's what was appealing for the judges. Yeah. As someone who's competed in many marathons, triathlons, and all the things, cycle events, I can tell you I was laughing hysterically at your story. And I had several of the same moments that you experienced during your triathlon. And I'll actually link the full speech. If you're listening and you want to listen to the speech, it is recorded and it is a it's really funny, but it's also very relatable whether you do those type of endurance events or not. It's very relatable to life and those goals that we set that we really want, the big goals, we talk about this all the time on the show, they're typically not things you can achieve in a year. They're things that if they really are important to you, it takes a while to actually achieve those goals. So they are very much like a marathon or triathlon with the ups and downs. Definitely in preparing for that. And that was the part that I was hoping for, even if it wasn't, if you never did a triathlon before. And I knew that people may not swim, bike, run. It's a lot. But when you do set these goals, whether or not it is, you're going to have some time to build towards it. You have to set yourself up. And the part that I found was there's that side of you that's going to maybe telling you, maybe you brought up too much, right? Maybe you're doing too much. And then there's a side, but no, I can do this. Mm, are you sure? And yes, I can. So I think that warring sides definitely comes when you start to set a goal and keep attaining toward it. Cause you have those setbacks, you'll have those moments where, okay, it's not happening the way I thought it would. Maybe it won't happen. No, it can. You just have to keep pushing and sometimes get past our own doubts, our own fears, our own self-criticism. Yeah. That's the part. Yeah. And you also talked in the speech a little bit about how there was a moment where you're like, maybe I really didn't want this. Maybe this wasn't for me. And, but you knew it was, <laughs> but it was that voice in your head, like keeping you safe. If I really didn't want it, it's okay. If I quit now, mm -hmm. it's okay. You didn't, yeah. yeah. Is this all right? What are you doing? No, no. And that was happening throughout the whole race. And honestly, it was even before the process even started. It was like, mm, are you sure? You can't. You can't swim, you know that, right? And so they're hearing these things that are telling you no, but keeping at it, keeping that inner go-getter, that yeah. that's still sitting there, that one that helped you craft that goal in the first place. Remember your why for why you started in, in the first place. I think that's key. Yeah. And personally, I am 
a great runner. I run walk, but I'm a great runner and a great cyclist and I could not swim. And I remember my first triathlon and I was the very last person out of the water. And I had that moment where I was embarrassed. Like I said to the guy, am I the last one? And he could not have been the better. (laughs) There could not have been a better person to be standing there because he said, yep, you're the last one, but at least you're not on the raft. I was like, oh, Lisa, I'm not on the raft. There yes, we go. Yes, because those are people that called and tapped out and then got yep. take, picked up and taken off. And yep. I remember that during my race, Sarah, oh my goodness. Yes, we, we, we have similarities because I remember seeing this boat come in and it was like it would come in down the middle of the aisle and pluck people up that had tapped out. And yep. I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to tap out before I start. I can't tap out before I start. And I remember just like that anxiety, like I can't give up now. I'm not going to give up. Let me just see how far I can make it just a little bit further. But yes, oh my goodness. It was, <laughs> that was the story. Hilariously yeah. tragic is how I like to call it. <laughs> yes, it was a great delivery, very engaging on the stage. So I definitely encourage you if you're listening to check out that speech. There's so many pa- parallels to goals. And so you're standing there at the very end they're, they announced third place, second place. What's going through your mind? Oh, I didn't place. Oh. I guess I didn't make it. And that's, and I, <laughs> I guess I'm having a vulnerable moment, but I didn't think that I placed. I figured I was somewhere up there. I knew it was decent. But when I was like, okay, third, when they said third, second, I was like, I wonder who's first. That one was pretty good. She did great. And all I could think is start thinking, Mm-mm, I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking that you know, that was it. I never even thought first place. And they call my name. And it was funny because I'd see one video. I, I can't remember which one it was. And it wound up getting posted. But you see where I jump up, walk over, walk back to my seat, walk back over again. Like I was just having a moment where it was, I can't believe this is happening. Wow. Yeah. Me, me. Mm-hmm. It was great. Wow. And and your dad was there for that as well? He actually had to leave. So he what? did not, I know he had to leave, but he wanted to make it definitely for that person. But he was watching live. The whole family had a big watch party. Everybody was logged in. Everyone watched. They said that when everyone was going through their own critiques, it was great. And they said everyone was standing and screaming. And it was, yeah, I just remember that's why I knew my family was watching. I knew they were there. That's awesome. Congratulations. It was a huge moment. I loved being there and seeing everyone. But what was also cool is the podium was all women this year. Yes, girl power. Absolutely. And they were phenomenal speeches with just phenomenal women. And it was a proud moment to stand there and just show the world that, yes, the ladies have a chance to be up here. And it's, I'm not going to be wrong. There have been female Toastmasters that have won. But in and I do believe I think 2018 was, was a, a female panelist that had run first, second and third. But it was great to have it happen again. It's yeah. just great to be a part of that historic moment again. Yes, these things happen. Ladies can be first, second and third Toastmaster women. Yeah. How cool. So if you were to reflect back on the journey and think of it from like a goal perspective, what advice would you give to somebody who has set a big goal that maybe, and I know you didn't initially say, I want to be the world champion, but somewhere along that road, you probably got it in your mind. Like, oh, maybe I could win. So what advice would you give to somebody who set maybe an audacious, bold goal? I would say, keep it there. 
just make sure you keep it there and keep looking at it. Keep setting that as the as that's your top. And it's going to take some steps to get there. But remember where your top is. And also, again, where's your why? Why do you want to get there? Do you want it for prestige? Do you want it to then leverage you to another place? Is this going to help you or help your family? Whatever it is, make sure that you set your goal. Keep it there. And it and it's it can truly happen. It may not happen in the time you want, but it can and it will happen. So just be patient with yourself. Give yourself grace. I think that's the biggest thing for me was just like, be okay with it, it, it taking whatever time it needs because that's the journey. That's the part. That's the, the special sauce in all of this, right? That's the flavors that add to it. So you to have this wonderful thing in the end that tastes phenomenal. It's something that you had to add to and your journey is all part of that. So I would say, keep it up there, know your why, and always keep striving and be patient. I love that. I love that. <laughs> now, throughout the journey, you you have a life, you have other things going on. You, you, Toastmasters is not the only thing you do. How did you really stay focused to prepare yourself so that you knew when you got on that stage, you were able to leave it all on the stage? It was difficult. Hands down, I think it was the most difficult because at the time I was getting a new job, I'm relocating, and then I have Toastmasters speech. And I enjoy Toastmasters. I like it. And for those, it's a volunteer program. You're, it's where you're growing. It's where you're developing. You can take on leadership roles. And these are all things that you're volunteering for. So this is something you sign up. You, you like. didn't get paid, right? You didn't no, get paid. No. no pay. There is no <laughs> payment. There is none of that. And so you're, you spend your time. And so you realize this is something I enjoy to do. So I know that I had to still craft some time out. Uh, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. And I would say, oh, I handle it smoothly. No, I had many sleepless nights. I would get anxious because I needed to have this done. I can't, I don't want to be fumbling up on the stage. I want to be clear and confident in what I have to do, but I want the, the story to relate and people to get it. And so I was never happy sometimes with my own speech. I'm You're tossing it and finishing and starting over and you're tossing and finish it. And then you're like, okay, <sighs> settle down. Let's relax. Setting a, a, a manageable timeline. And then also I had to have some inspirations I did put around the house to remind myself. And I did, I put in there and I wrote out Toastmasters is supposed to be fun. Mm. Make this fun. And so every room in the house, I would be able to just, and I looked at it and I saw it and I even took a picture of it and sent it to my mentor. I was like, I'm freaking out here, but Toastmasters is supposed to be fun. And I'm putting this all over the house. And as I'm moving and packing, those are the one things that did not, that stayed on the counter. It stayed over here on this one table as all this drama is going on around you to prepare one place to move to another place. Toastmasters is the good part. This is the fun part. So don't let this stress you because all this other stuff is going to stress you. Enjoy this. Enjoy your speech. You like doing this. And that's what I had to keep telling myself because it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. Now you mentioned a mentor. You had a mentor along the way. How did your mentor help you prepare, keep you grounded, do all the yeah. things? 
Yes. My mentor, Rhonda Young, who is our district director, she, and at the time she wasn't, but and now she became our district director, but she, to me, is phenomenal because I think she allowed for me to craft my speech. I would present to her. She would give me her opinions, but allow for me to then make adjustments based on what she was leaning towards. She, if I was, I gave my speech, I remember the first time and I had so many points and she said, I like how you're going with the warring sides. Maybe lean into that. And she gave me freedom to now to, to play around with it and then take it and go off and try to work on it, bring it back. She'd go, mm, why'd you change the beginning? I'm not too sure on that. She allowed for me to then, okay, let me maybe bring it back. And I like that feedback she was. And I want to encourage anybody, especially when it comes down to jobs, careers, get a mentor, have somebody that you can pour into that can help you, guide you along the way, telling them what your goals are, right? Because as long as we're both aware of what your goals are, because she her goal was to work with me to find an award-winning speech that could be relatable. And so we she wanted to make sure that was something that I'm giving in my speech. So she was very helpful in that. And I attribute all my success, honestly, to her and the clubs that I was able to practice with, the feedback from non-Toastmasters, just friends, family, everyone had their part. And that's why I said it was a working progress and it was a collaborative effort that was able to sit back and say, this is our speech in a way, because they helped me motivate me along the way. Maybe no one wrote it, but it, they gave feedback. And I appreciated every bit of it. Oh, I love that. So a little bit about feedback. Sometimes it's tough sometimes to take feedback, but then also you get feedback that you're like, oh yeah, need to do this, change this. Thank you. And then other feedback where you're like, I'm not sure. So how did you cipher through all of that? Trial and error sometimes. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, trial and error. Because I'm one of those people that you really didn't like that. I'll, I'll change it. And then you're realizing, no, it's not being received very well. That was that one person. You need to not bring it back to where you need to go. That was just one person. Don't take the opinion of one, meaning it's all. It's just someone else's. And I started learning that as I was going along, realizing, no, this sold. This was a good one. That was a great joke. I don't know what you're talking about. You start putting and tweaking it here and there. And I think that was the part that I learned. I know some people are very... They want to say, not necessarily selfish, but sensitive about their speeches. It's almost like their baby. And they're not going to just take feedback from others. They'll take it from their few selected sources. But I was willing to take it from whoever wanted to talk to me about it. And what did you think? Especially for non-Toastmasters. Because I wanted to make sure that an everyday person that had no idea what Toastmasters was would be like, I liked your story. It was inspiring. Oh my goodness, I had the same thing happen with X. Oh, that was funny when you said why. I want to make sure that it was relatable to everyone. Mm -hmm. So it was helpful. The, the feedback process was a learning process in and of itself and just how to tweak out some things and then put others back in. So absolutely, trial and error. Mm, I love it. And I know you can't do it all over again, but if you were to do it all over again, what would you change or do differently? Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> I would, I would have that speech ready months in advance. I, I, I know that it's impossible, but I would have it months as opposed to, I think a week or two. I'm just making tweaking here and there. I know I had it pretty much set before I went to the Bahamas, but I would have liked to have had more time just to sink it in and then take it maybe a little bit more around the final because I was taking it and crafting it as I was going to some of the clubs, but I would have liked to have had more time to just sit in this 
and feel even more confident because I think that was the advantage that I had during the semifinals. I had taken that speech through club, again, area, division, you know, I, I took that. And so I that sunk in. That speech will stay with me to the end of time. And swap me with this one too, but it it locked it in and it gave me an even, I was just so familiar with it. And I felt so confident when it came down for my world championship speech. I had nerves because I, I wanted to make sure I got and hit all my points. And even then I actually missed a couple of them. Now, mind you, of course, you just keep going and you keep flowing and no one knows but you. But I had that feeling when I got done. I'm like, oh, I missed this. I missed that. I should have said this. Oh, I meant to say that. And I would have liked to have diminished that part, but it was perfectly imperfect. And I think that's the part I'm still grateful for. Yeah. And did you feel like you left it all on the stage? just about all that I had at that time at that time it was like what it will be I messed up where I did but you know what I think I still got my story out I think I still made my points and I think I still reached someone good for you what a cool story and inspiration and so now what is your journey from here especially with public speaking it was funny because we had the panelist that was right after you win and so much whirlwinds going on and people are asking you questions and then you're sitting on the stage with a microphone and you're like, oh God, I have to speak now. It's like table topics where you're doing extemporaneously speaking. I'm not ready. Oh goodness. And they asked me, they would say, what was something that you'd want? What's the one word you want to describe you? And I remember for myself, it was to grow. I want to grow in this space. This is the second year that I've been in Toastmasters. This is the first time I was in a contest. This is all happening so fast and I am blessed and grateful for it. But there's so much that I have still yet to learn. And so for myself in public speaking, I want more opportunities. I want to do more keynote speeches. I want to take this and just start to grow and build. I don't think I'm ready for coaching so much yet because I still think I'm needing to be coached myself myself, but I want to grow in this journey. And I would like to see if I could, I would love to go to more places and do speaking engagements. I'm a pharmacist. So the idea of being able now to go maybe and talking to communities, talking about a disease state, talking about diabetes, talking about healthcare, talking about wellness and how important it is to keep our bodies fit and healthy. That's why I do a triathlon because it felt like it felt good. Show them you still got it. I wanted to make sure I'm spreading the awareness of wellness and good health, mental, physical. And I would love to start using Using this platform and just crafting a better speech each time that can pull people in and to captivate people and have a way to deliver that locks and in and, and sinks in with my audience. So I'm hoping, I'm and I'm matter of fact, I'm praying that I can turn around and use this the way I want to. And so I do have a bold goal. And oh, <laughs> I do have a bold goal and I plan on just seeing where this can go. So I'm going to, and I tell myself, I'm going to be in front of another audience. It's going to be even bigger and it's going to be pulling people in. And this time it won't be a contest and I won't have seven minutes to land every point and deliver. It'll be a moment that I can just truly pour into the audience and those that are there. Oh, I love it. And one of the questions I was going to ask you is one, what is one of your bold goals? So thank you for answering that. Uh, one more question. Public speaking is like the number one fear. Like we hear that all the time. People are more terrified of public speaking than sharks, which is interesting to me. 
So what would you say to somebody who maybe around New Year's is setting a resolution and they know they want to do X, but public speaking comes as a part of that? What advice would you give them? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I would give the advice of Toastmasters and finding a club and and finding a club, a location that's the right fit. You can go to multiple clubs. You don't have to stick with one if you don't feel the vibe is good for you there. Even though, honestly, I have yet to go to a Toastmaster club where it's just horrible. I, I know that there's sometimes the scheduling is an issue and whatnot, but most of them are well-received. They're positive people. We are people that are there that are volunteering. So that's because they enjoy the process. And there's so much that you can learn in that. So I would challenge anyone, if you if public speaking is a part of that, Find an organization where you can work on that, and which is Toastmasters, of course. And yes, people, they say you'd rather be in, what is it, I'd be at a funeral, you'd rather be your funeral than be delivering the eulogy because you just, yeah. the, the fear is so real when it comes down to public speaking. And it's understandable. And we've seen that. I think in even certain jobs, you're watching someone now, as I've been in this space, you're watching someone deliver a presentation. You're like, mm, they should go to Toastmasters. There's a lot. <laughs> they really could finesse that a little bit. And I think that's something that we could we can work on. And when you set some of these small goals in terms of, I'm going to pick a club. I'm going to go once, at least once or twice a month to start going. And then to try to build up membership. I'm going to follow the path. And I'm going to, which is in Toastmasters, you select a path where it be presentation mastery, leadership, you can pick one, even humorous, and just take your time and, and, and maybe set that as a small goal. And then now you're going to have that alongside. So that way you can feel like you're taking that step again for your bigger goal. These are one of the smaller steps that get you there, because that's what it was for me. I wasn't happy in my present job, but I knew I wanted a job where I was going to be able to start public speaking. And I wanted to speak again. I had this idea that I'm going to be in front of people. And I'm like, I have never had an opportunity to do that. As a pharmacist, you do more one-on-one. I can sit down and talk to you about medicines and all that kind of stuff and go down to aisle five and get this cream, all that. But I have no time to get up and to present. What do you do? If you, you make it, you make your opportunity and you start to build it on your own. And so that's what pulled me into Toastmasters. It was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start working on what I want it to be. The term is you say, and I mentioned it before to someone else, I believe is that dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. And so sometimes it's prepare yourself with the skill sets on the job that you want. And so that's what Toastmasters is. It is leadership. It will build you there and it will help you along the way. So hands down, Mm. no brainer. I love it. And (laughs) so you heard it here. If you're more... (laughs) more comfortable being at your own funeral than speaking at your funeral, check out Toastmasters. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never heard that one, but I I know some people have probably thought that. (laughs) It is a real fear. Yep. If you're listening to the show and you are like, oh, I really want to connect with Jocelyn, how might they find you? I am on LinkedIn. So Jocelyn B. Tyson, PharmD. Feel free to connect. I'm welcome to connect and you can message me there also for engagement. And then I probably would send you to my, my PR rep, which is with Toastmasters is PR at Toast, TM. So Toastmasters TM district38.org. And those are two ways to connect to me. But again, LinkedIn, Jocelyn B. Tyson, PharmD. 
Oh, I love it. I have just really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I could speak with you the entire day. So thank you so much for being on the show. And everyone listening, please check out the world champion of public speaking's speech. I will link that in the show notes. It's a good one. You'll have a great laugh, but there's a tremendous message in there about crushing your bold goals, even if you're not even sure that's your goal yet. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. All right, Bold Gold Crushers, it's time to crush your goals and everything that gets in the way so you do not have to work double time. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.